0: Welcome to Everything Belongs, a podcast for those living, creating, leading, and thriving while in the deep end of life. I'm your host, Madison Morgan, leadership coach, creative consultant, and speaker. I coach soulful visionaries and go getting mavericks who desire to create art of their lives and take their work both deeper and higher. In this show, I'll be bringing you an overflow of conversations with my favorite thought leaders teachers, healers, and creatives who inspire me to live more fully in my own power, worth, and wholeness, along with offering some episodes where I share my own practical insights, behind the scenes peeks into my process, and tools I use on my own journey. There will not be much we shy away from here, because at this table, everything belongs. Therefore, you can expect me to ask the uncomfortable, juicy questions. You can expect that you'll hear people you disagree with on the podcast, and maybe even ideas you've never previously considered. I trust you with your own discernment as we take this deep dive. You can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and be challenged by the guests as they share their diverse experiences and views of the world. It's my hope through learning to see that all of it belongs, that you will develop a more sovereign way of holding yourself so you can playfully go after the life, relationships and career you are made for, to let all parts of yourself have a seat at the table, to lead and create from your deepest truth and become your own source of validation, all because you finally know you're worthy of it. All that's required to get started, that you show up curious and willing. Let's dive in. Well, hey, it has been a while. Welcome back to Everything Belongs. Technically, we are still on a podcast break until season two, but something felt really important for me to share. And so I wanted to release a bonus episode. During the holiday season before the new year begins. So if you are new here and just starting at this episode, hello, my name is Madison Morgan. I'm a life and leadership coach, and I'm really glad to get acquainted via this episode. If you have been a longtime listener, I have missed you and I have missed recording episodes. Some of you know, but this last season, quarter three or quarter four of 2023 has been one that has been So much change has happened. Honestly, so much change has happened in 2022 in general, and I feel like I'm exiting this year a completely different person than I did beginning it. So in this last little bit of time where I've been away from podcasting, I have bought a home, I've moved into the home, been decorating the home. My grandmother actually passed away, and so I was with family grieving her death, I am in love and things are actually so beautiful in my life. And I'm actually off social media right now because every December I take a break from my typical content creation. I close out my clients with a lot of intention and I spend a couple weeks not working and not doing any podcast episodes or social media posts. So before I go on my official break from work for the year, I felt like I wanted to record this episode specifically for the folks who maybe have a history in evangelical Christianity or who the Christ message is either complicated around or something that's very appealing. So if you are someone who resonates with the name Jesus, knows about the Jesus person, the Jesus God, or simply are seeing the rise of people falling into fundamentalism in the wellness space, this episode might be of interest to you. So when we come back for season two, I'm hoping in February, um, there are going to be some changes to the podcast, but today's show, I wanted to be just about this, a bonus episode, a sermon, something from my heart to you to close out our year with a lot of, I guess, honesty about what I'm seeing and feeling right now. So let's dive into the show, and yeah, I'm really glad to be back. In the seven years since formally leaving the Evangelical Church and deconstructing my faith, I have been on somewhat of a winding journey of personal faith and spirituality. And if you've been following my public work, you've probably been privy to that journey, right? The devastation of leaving everything I knew to be true, the existential dread of living in the liminal spaces of figuring out and building a reality, which felt like from scratch. And then the steady rebuilding of my life, my community, and my relationship to the sacred that followed leaving the church. Many of you honestly have undergone this process ahead of me, alongside of me, or, you know, a little bit after me. Many of you share this experience. And most people, whenever I they hear that I was an evangelical radical at one point in my life, they assume it's because I was raised in the church. People often ask me on podcast episodes that I'm on, like, what was it like being raised in the church? And I don't know because I wasn't. Like, I actually chose to be a fundamentalist all on my own. <laughs> so I sought out and chose the Christ message For myself as a young teen. So picture it. I was a neurodivergent, precocious, and very peculiar 12-year-old longing to belong in a blended and dysfunctional family. And I discovered a message of radical love and grace, no matter how good you are. As a perfectionist and someone who really wanted to be good, that was really appealing to me. And I, I was and I remain genuinely and sincerely enamored by Jesus. I was moved at the idea that a God would come to Earth and be close to humans and close to me. And honestly, I still tear up as I recall the memory of finding a sacred refuge in a love that I just hadn't experienced from people yet in my life. I was in middle school at the time, uh, and I (laughs) began— I was really intense. I began, I began bringing my Bible to school. I was preaching to other students. I was hosting Bible studies. I was inviting people, including my parents, to church. I attended all kinds of churches during this time, right? I was a kid, so I was going to Baptist churches where I learned theology and a love for scripture. I attended non-denominational churches where I saw people from all different backgrounds, from bikers to accountants to kids to the elderly, all united in a celebration of life. And I actually had a best friend who was Pentecostal, and they spoke in tongues in their church. And so I had actually the most beautiful experience speaking in tongues and being blissed out for weeks due to these experiences. I was a seeker really young, a seeker of belonging and love and grace and family. And truly Jesus offered me all of those things. It was a place where I found refuge And it actually wasn't until I went off to college and I moved away from home to the Bible belt where I discovered and got involved with a very rigid, dogmatic, homophobic, body-hating version of Christianity. And that's when my sincere love for this person, Jesus, became extremely distorted leaving, which was a very traumatic few years of high school in my home behind, I was like so desperate for safety and belonging and love. And I was desperate for certainty and community. And within six months of going off to college, I found a church community, which I now understand to be a high control group. And I was indoctrinated. I was indoctrinated with homophobic beliefs, which is interesting now as a very out and queer person. I, at the time, began confessing my sexual sin of self-pleasure to mentors every single week. So I was having to confess self-pleasure as a sin to leaders in my church. I was filling my bookshelves with books about spiritual warfare, healing through prayer, being an excellent and submissive wife, to never deny your husband sex, the inherency of the Bible. And this was long before the age of social media bubbles, and QAnon that we're seeing now. Within 18 months, I was married to my very first boyfriend, my very first real boyfriend. I was discouraged from having friends outside the church, unless, of course, I was ministering to them and then reporting it to my weekly prayer group where we literally logged it. I was discouraged from reading books outside the church. I was discouraged from developing a career, discouraged from going to therapy, discouraged from voting for equal whites, for queer and trans folks, and discouraged from speaking to a member of my church, a friend of mine, because he was gay. We were told he was on church discipline, where we were told to socially isolate him until he was lonely enough to come back to God. All of this was done in the name of Jesus the one who supposedly came to bring grace and liberation to all. Having a history personally of adverse childhood experiences, I was uniquely severed from my intuition and from my self-trust. I had a fractured relationship with family. I did not have a support system strong enough in my life to witness the brainwashing and disintegration that was occurring for me. Those who did see it in my life did not feel close enough to actually express this concern to me. And after all, like I probably wouldn't have listened if they did, right? I showed nothing but smiles and kindness and vibrancy because I felt amazing. (laughs) Like I was finally certain about reality. I was very confused previously and I felt certain. I felt like I had a rule book. I knew how things worked. I was finally being loved how I had always wanted and I felt good about it. I knew I belonged there. I knew the rules and I was determined to follow them really well. And I did. I was, I was like a really good Christian person, woman, girl. I was a girl, really. Being rewarded by my community for becoming increasingly more extreme, combined with being told that anyone who disagreed with me was being deceived by the devil, meant that I got all my needs met from one central place. And those others, the ones who were worried about me or disagreed with me, I was told to pray for them because they were lost. Any doubts I had, I was told to pray more. Any fears I had, I was told to pray more. Any temptations I had, I was told to pray more. All qualities I had that were not meek and humble and submissive, which is none, (laughs) none of those qualities are ones that I innately have, Uh, I was told to pray more. Any desires rooted in pride, pray more. Give it all to God. So pray I did. Like I journaled my prayers for years, every day, fasting regularly, rarely missing even one day of scripture study. I wish I still had my Bibles from this time because they were, like, they were so ratty because I used them so much. And looking, looking back at this now, it's like looking at a different lifetime altogether. And although it sounds like, as I'm saying it now, really extreme, it didn't feel that bad while I was in it, you know, until it did, of course. Like, what could be so bad about wanting a family with a strong leader or a faith community that agrees with you or to live into God's design for your life? My first warning signs were panic attacks. And they arose every Sunday before church for a year before I started listening. My second warning sign was the day my church leaders asked me not to question the creepy and strategic ways they were applying their discipleship model, which was basically a way that we were taught to manipulate people to come to the church and then put them through a program to indoctrinate them. It felt like manipulation and it was. And then my third warning sign, the one that really was the straw that broke the camel's back for me, was when my church passed out signs to oppose a citywide vote for queer rights. And I had a lot of questions about this, and no one would entertain my questions. All of my questions were answered with the typical circular reasoning that like, the church often gives. Everything leads back to, because the Bible says so. And what you don't understand, give it to God. Have faith and pray, because you're not meant to understand God's will anyway. So slowly, my questions and my boldness and my muchness and just the being myselfness, my love for justice and grace, they drove me right out of the church. And they drove me out of every relationship I had gained while in it. Eventually, the very appeal... That brought me to Jesus, the things I loved about him, and the very belonging I thought I had gained, all propelled me right out of fundamentalism. The belonging, the grace, the love, and the goodness were entirely conditional. And on the other side of this, now, you know, I'm about seven or eight years on the other side of this experience of leaving, I can see how the slow disintegration happened. The slow hijacking of my critical thinking, the slow narrowing of my world, the slow slide into fundamentalism that was masked as truth and love and purity. The Jesus I knew at the start of my journey and the Jesus that I actually still deeply love, I did not find in the depths of fundamentalism. I've discovered that recovering from fundamentalism and the indoctrination that goes with it is the same process as recovering from an abusive relationship. And I've experienced both. And with both, once you're out of the environment and begin to think for yourself again, there's a brutal reckoning with your own sense of reality. And I know that those of you who have experienced spiritual or relational abuse know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the shame of being duped, the shame of not knowing better, the how could this happen to me, the fractured self-trust, the manipulation and the gaslighting that's so sneaky that you've now internalized it. You don't need an external source to stay on good behavior because you've internalized the oppressor and now you're surveilling the denial of reality, the suppression of your body, the suppression of nature, the suppression of your voice. And we know that suppression is simply a byproduct of supremacy. So in these environments, you know your place. There is a reason that those of us who have been abused in such a way are such fierce advocates for the truth. Because they, we, had to fight with everything we had to regain stability and sovereignty and truth in our lives. And this is why at the start of the pandemic... In multiple podcast interviews that I've been on, I think I talked about this with Kylie Macbeth and Aaron Rose, amongst many others. I shared to be weary about the rise of fundamentalism in the wellness space, especially during the pandemic. And, oh, God, as the culture then became rife with division and fear and uncertainty, I knew that those without a solid foundation, and, and also perhaps some people with the solid foundation, would collapse into fundamentalism, especially those in the new age space. And I just want to name that I'm not the first person to have predicted this. Black, indigenous, people of color, they've been naming this long before I even left the church, long before it ever came to my awareness. Political experts know that far-right fascist extremists have been long strategizing how to oppose minorities and how to take away the rights of women and queer and trans people. Fundamentalism is not new. Just have a quick Google search of the fashion in 1960s and 70s Iran. Working in the wellness space as a coach, I've I've observed this rise of fundamentalism amongst my peers, and it grates on the deepest part of me. Almost weekly now I'm seeing leaders who have long made their money selling liberation share misinformation about medical procedures, misinformation about women's bodies, fear-based and incorrect information about trans people, riffs on living according to God's design and slowly trickling and falling their way down the path that was paved perfectly for them from the new age right into alt-right fundamentalism like it was curated just for them. And it was. This is no surprise. And even though it's no surprise to me, I'm still really angry about it. It was a slow progression, because it always is. It starts with a dash of fear, a sense of instability, a riff or a division in your family, the loss of connection, a desire to belong, a desire to have all the right information, a desire to have a, a healthy and happy family. These are all good things. But through this process, they collapse into something branded as Jesus, but is completely hollow on the inside. Falling into fundamentalism does not just happen. There are conditions that create this and it's honestly, it's predictable. It's a slow brainwashing mixed with propaganda with a dash of lacking media literacy, all swirling in a punch bowl with people's personal fears and their desires. And these are often valid fears and valid desires. So in essence, it takes on all the same qualities as an abusive relationship, which is why it's so insidious and why trying to wake someone up to this can feel like screaming into a void. And personally, the hardest part of witnessing this is knowing that this trend is just taking root as more and more popular voices in the wellness space continue sharing misinformation to their insular audiences who honestly see them as pseudo gods to begin with as they use their charismatic persona and their newfound and emboldened sense of certainty and superiority and skill as marketers, these messages are only at the start of their growth and real lives are at stake. And it's going to be in the name of purity. It's going to be in the name of God's will. It's going to be in the name of protecting children in the traditional family. And it's going to be in the name of well-being. It's going to be in Jesus' name. A name I've devoted my entire life to understanding and to use as a model for how I love and live. Jesus' name is so misused for selfish, political, and inhumane motives, mostly by Christian fundamentalists more than anyone else I've ever known. I think the name of Jesus gets more misunderstood the closer you are to evangelicalism. And these days, whenever I hear evangelicals speak about Christ, my whole body response is to defend a beloved friend. I like want to yell and say, you don't even know him. I honestly find it cheeky and just like Jesus that it was in leaving the institution of Christianity behind and seeing that I myself had become a Pharisee, a wolf in sheep's clothing, the prodigal's older son, That's whenever I became familiar with the grace that was always available to me. The very grace that called me whenever I was only 12. And it's the very grace that life offered back to me when I left fundamentalism. I left abusive dynamics and I gave my life to truth. The truth that because I exist, I'm worthy. There's nothing I have to do. So in a time where fundamentalism uses Jesus to perpetuate corruption, supremacy, distortion, and hate, these are the things I want people to know about him. I wish people knew they could experience the depth and grace of the Jesus message without the fundamentalism and dogma that he literally came to free us from. I wish people knew that Jesus was a brown political radical from an oppressed class, more specifically a Palestinian refugee, who was murdered not to pardon sins, but as a result of a brutal government that didn't want people to ask questions or experience liberation. I wish people knew that the Jesus message was actually used to colonize, because it was a message for the oppressed class, for women and children, the elderly and the poor— A message of liberation that was taken and appropriated and rewritten, you might know it as the King James Bible, to gain political power over the masses. I wish people knew that the story of Jesus is a metaphor for not needing a mediator between humans and God, that it's not outside of us but within us that we find God. I wish people knew that Jesus' death was a public demonstration and living metaphor for the human tendency to scapegoat, how groupthink and mob mentality seeks to find an innocent one to blame, to take on the collective shadow that we don't want to see in ourselves. This is much like the narratives that the Nazis had for the Jews that Trump has for immigrants that evangelicals have for queer people. I wish people knew that Jesus actually never spoke of hell or gay people, not even once. But he did speak of corrupt religious leaders. He loved the least of these. And he liberated the most oppressed, the people that were most likely to die at the hands of political corruption. I wish people knew that Jesus spoke in a way that those without ears to hear wouldn't even understand what he was saying. Perhaps those with the loudest voices about what they think Jesus was saying have actually sincerely and deeply misunderstood him. I wish people knew grace means not having to do anything to receive the love of God. No amount of believing, changing, or being good could ever make anyone worthy of grace because grace is freely given, no strings attached. I wish people knew Jesus didn't write the Bible, and actually neither did any women. However, women were the first people that Jesus revealed himself to. They were the first pastors and teachers of the Christ message. I wish people knew that the more they leave evangelicalism, the more they might actually know the heart of Jesus and experience grace. I wish people knew that the sword Jesus came to bring was one of liberation for all, truth beyond human constructs of supremacy and ego. I wish people knew the message of Jesus will bring you deep into the well of your own heart, where compassion and justice and service are what it looks like to live a life shaped by Christ. I wish people knew that to know Jesus is not to need the Bible to be true, to experience the change that comes from experiencing grace. I wish people would spit the name of Jesus out of their mouths when they talk about trans kids and queer people, impoverished mothers, and people of color. If you want to stop taking the Lord's name in vain, why don't you begin right there? When you say you follow Jesus, what exactly do you mean? What exactly do you mean? So that's it. That is what I wanted to share. (laughs) what I wanted to come back to the podcast to close out the year before I come back with season two. May we be really fucking discerning about which spiritual teachers we follow, especially which ones we follow on the internet. I am just sending those of you who celebrate the holidays a happy Hanukkah, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, a Happy Solstice, I hope you get some rest in these darker months of the year if you are in the Northern Hemisphere. I know getting ample sleep is so nice considering how dark it is out early. And I'm going to be back in the new year on social media sharing about Rising Sovereign, which opens up in March. We start in March. And so if you need to get a hold of me, if you're curious about working together, go ahead to the Rising Sovereign page on my website, which is linked in the show notes of this episode. I so look forward to those of you I'm gonna get to work with in the new year. And gosh, I'm so excited to bring you season two of this podcast. Until then, until I come back, I'm sending you so much love. I hope this episode served you. It served me to share. So thank you for listening and happy new year talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to everything belongs with the number of podcasts and content online and a very full life. I know the value of your attention and I'm so grateful for every minute you spend listening to this show and having these conversations reverberate through your home, your car, and in your life. Thank you so much. If you love this episode, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app. So others might find this podcast. You can find the show notes for every episode on my website and find more out about today's guest by going to madisonmorrigan.com backslash podcast. And if you want to find a place to get started with my coaching work, the best place to do so is to download the Call Your Energy Back practice. It is a free journal guide and short hypnotic meditation to help you get into a daily routine of connecting to yourself. So that you can take up all of your rightful space embody your wholeness and live with the power that comes when you really belong to yourself you can go to madisonmorgancom backslash energy back to download it right now this meditation uses binaural beats the brilliance of your subconscious mind and powerful coaching questions to release the energy and emotions of other people to generate a field of protection all around you and will leave you feeling full of your true self powerful, worthy, and whole. Now, if you're not already, please come and hang with me over on Instagram, DM me, and let me know your favorite part of this episode. And until next time, remember that curiosity can be a portal to a life where everything belongs.